0: Whether I'm turkey hunting, scouting, or glassing for game, I never go into the woods without my Vortex Optics. With their VIP warranty, I can go with confidence because it'll replace any glass damaged in the woods. I dropped my binoculars out of the deer stand last fall, and Vortex got me fixed up and back in the tree in no time. Vortex makes the highest quality and affordable rangefinders, binoculars, and scopes on the market. Y'all check them out at vortexoptics.com.
1: I've probably taken four or five different people who have never fished before just to learn and catch
0: their first fish you'll be catching stalker rainbows all day long maybe a nice brown if you get out there early enough you can catch a serious amount of fish in the spring you're listening to the ozark podcast
1: we sit down with men and women from the ozarks that have a passion for the outdoors our aim is to listen learn and pass along their knowledge and experiences to help you become a better outdoorsman thanks for listening All right, welcome back to the Ozark Podcast. We are sitting here 6 a.m., bright and early. We got up this morning and we've got an internal episode for you guys. We're going to be trying um, some new ideas out. We wanted to kind of come together and think about how can we engage our audience? How can we talk to you guys, Um, let y'all get to know us a little bit, but also just kind of like tell y'all what's going on. And we've got a new idea uh for kind of the the format of this episode still playing with the name right kyle yeah i don't we don't we haven't landed on a name we haven't landed on a name right now we're talking like we're we're thinking learn the ozarks is kind of what we're wanting to do because it's i mean it's what we want to get people to go out and do is is get outside and learn the ozarks and learn the ozarks learn what we love and um you want to like just tell people a little bit like how we're thinking about it maybe
0: I'll give you like the, the 30,000 foot view for uh, for learn the Ozarks. And before you tune out, I, I do just want to cast some vision for it. So learn the Ozarks, at least if that's what we're going to call it, because it could change. Could change. You know, we're, we're I like just done with it. I like it. I do too, but it's early and we decided on it this morning. Yeah. So
1: if y'all have, a, if once we get through this, if, if y'all have an idea for a better name or something that you would think would be cooler, let us know. We're always open to new ideas.
0: I, I agree. Anyway. Learn the Ozarks is not a deep dive with a specialized guest like we normally have for you guys. Instead, um, we're thinking Learn the Ozarks will be just, I don't know, phenomenal sounds like a really extreme word, but a really decent place (laughs) for old Ozarkians and new Ozarkians, people who are maybe move into the area, trying to figure out what is going on around here um, to be refreshed on the outdoor basics of hunting and fishing and camping and floating and cool history or whatever else. And so really... At least in my head, it's a place to let our nerdiness shine through a little bit yeah. um, as we gain knowledge and experience and tell stories and um, all of that kind of stuff. So we won't do a ton of these episodes, I don't think, but we'd love to cover some history of the Ozarks, maybe some folklore down the road. Um, but certainly we want to share the best parts of our region that we just really love uh, that may go unnoticed or untalked about. So yeah, that's kind of what we're thinking.
1: Yeah, no, I love it, man. I think it'll be fun, a good, good time to just... Hang out a little bit, talk to the listeners, also learn. Like, we had some ideas for um, an episode that was, uh, you know, a long time ago, we we heard about the Ozark Hellbender. Or, Which I would never heard of before. AKA the, <laughs> somebody the Snot it. Otter, or mm. there were a, a few other, like, in, insane nicknames. But and it's just a huge salamander, right? It's a huge salamander that's, like, native to the area, but, like, just to even do a deep dive on that, or mm-hmm. some, like, Ozark folklore, like you were mentioning, some myths and
0: legends and stuff like that would be cool to, to dive into, so... I agree. I mean, I don't know much about Ozark folklore, but I don't either. I think it'd be fun to break the mold a little bit. Yeah. Just as we we talk about the area of the world that we love so much. So
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be cool. Today we're gonna talk about a topic that is super relevant for the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. And um and then we're also gonna use that to kick off a challenge that we're gonna do. Um, Which should just be another way to like engage you guys. Hopefully, you guys are listening. You guys go out and and do it. And like I was saying, the best way to learn the Ozarks is to go outside Mm -hmm. and like actually do the stuff that we talk about on the podcast and um, and that we all love to do. Anyone who's listening, you know, y'all love to do it too. So, Mm -hmm. um, so we'll kick off a challenge. But before we get to that um, housekeeping, I want to just thank the listeners for sticking with us. I know we. You know, we took we took a break through kind of the holiday season um, and just life stuff, you know, stuff happened. I had a baby. We were super busy. The holidays, you're, you're trying to spend time with family. And to
0: be honest, we thought we'd lose all of you guys. We thought we'd lose you guys.
1: <laughs> Which was scary. But, you know, over the last uh, couple of weeks, we've released um, a few episodes and you guys are still there. You guys are still listening um, and in in full force, pretty much mm-hmm. right picked up right where we left off. So... Um, huge thanks to you guys. And you guys know this the Spotify rap notes. There's they always like give you some some statistics. I always think it's super interesting to hear like what kind of numbers or statistics on podcasts that I listen to. So I wanted to give you guys like a few things that I thought were super interesting. And, and again, thank you guys for for the help because we obviously wouldn't have these stats without you guys. Um so one of them, Kyle, did you know that we are in the top 10% of most followed podcasts globally
0: i I did as of two minutes ago because we were talking because we were (laughs) you did know good teaser though good teaser (laughs) yeah
1: so top 10 percent most followed podcasts um another another stat that i thought was really cool is we are a top 10 podcast for 439 different people so 439 (laughs) different people were in their top 10 podcasts
0: how does it track that I don't know. I guess just all big like podcast platforms? I have no idea. Interesting. Um, Didn't know that one.
1: So top 10 for 439. We're a top five podcast for 286 people. Okay. So 286 people were in their top five rotation of podcasts. And then we are the number one podcast for roughly about 100 people. Me being one of them. Maybe. So, <laughs> it's, it's you. It's me. It's Daniel. <laughs> and then, and then it's 97 others. 97 <laughs> other people. Um, and then, so that's awesome. Just the fact that a hundred people are like, yeah, that's my number one podcast. Mm-hmm. My go to every time. I think that's super cool. Yeah, I did not realize that either. And then, um, this is the the biggest thing because we are such a niche podcast, and we're we're localized, and we're just we're just specifically talking about the Ozarks. Mm-hmm. The best way that we can grow, and and the way that we've noticed growth, is by people sharing episodes. So huge thank you to you guys, um, for sharing episodes. The this other stat that I've got here says we uh, our podcast was in the top five percent most shared podcast globally. Um, so people are sending it; they're sending it on email, they're sharing it on Facebook, social media, they're texting it. I've got this kind of like chart here that shows these different graphs of like how
0: people are sharing. Um, so, so I, I guess the call to action then is please keep doing that, keep sharing. <laughs> that helps, like please that keep that, up. that
1: helps us grow. If you like the show, um, that's the best way to. To help us grow and um, continue to, you know, make cool episodes and get ideas and
0: um, have have listeners. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, we realize we're not like we're probably not going to be super relevant to some guy out in California or out in New York or whatever else. Nor or do I want to be n- I, fair. I mean, yeah, we're talking <laughs> about the Ozarks, like the area that we grew up in and we love, and so that that is super exciting. That that's how we've we've grown is actually through just the network of people in the area who yeah. see what we're doing is at least valuable to their. Uh, to their week and to their life and I'm not saying it's like the most important thing, but at least it's a part. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, dude.
1: I love it, man. I love that y'all are y'all are following along. So um so anyways, so there's that. And then real quick before we get to anything else, um, quick reminder. This weekend, March 4th, is Black Bear Bonanza. Mm-hmm. And that's put on through BHA. If you don't know what that what that is, go back and listen to our episode with James Brandenburg Mm -hmm. of BHA, he talks about that. Is that the Bentonville Quail Barn? Benton Benton County Quail Barn. um, Should be a super cool event. Um, Clay Newcomb's going to be there. Um, Iron Means is going to be there. Going to be all kinds of stuff. Bring the family, bring the kids. Um, Should be a really cool event. So we'll see y'all there. Um, We should just be kind of mingling around and and checking it out, Mm -hmm. just like everybody else. Um, So -hmm. there's that. Now. Where are we headed for this episode? We've got... An episode on, we want to talk spring fishing with you guys. Super broad. Super broad. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we're going to cover a lot, and and hopefully you guys you guys may or may not learn um, a ton. You may learn a lot if, if you've never spent a whole lot of time fishing in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, some of you may already know some of this stuff, but we're going to kind of use this to kick off a challenge, like I mentioned at the beginning, and it's going to be something that I think will be fun for everybody. It'll be a way for us to kind of see what y'all are doing see you know who's listening who's following along um and it'll basically be something that we'll do we'll try to do every month Mm -hmm. and every time we do one of these internal episodes we will have a winner we'll kind of announce them we'll post pictures on instagram we'll do a shout out on the podcast or on a guest podcast um send you a free sticker we're gonna do some stuff Mm -hmm. to kind of incentivize like hey let's do this challenge and see see what you guys are doing out there um so I'll leave it there, and then maybe we say what the challenge is at the end of
0: the episode. I think that's a fine
1: idea. All right, <laughs> let's do it. So so let's, let's get into it then. What, what, what do we
0: want to cover with the spring fishing? I think we, like we said, not a deep dive. Um, I want to cover maybe a, a large variety of target species in our area, and then, um, and then give you guys enough information uh, as far as, like, locations, tactics, patterns, water, gear, types of fish, all of that kind of stuff for spring fishing in the Ozarks. And so the way I structured this as I, I was writing it out was mostly fly fishing Yeah, because that's what I'm most comfortable with. Um, if you are a traditional uh, conventional fisherman, you don't use the, the fly rod – I would say don't tune out because I imagine at least the tactics and maybe some of the patterns will still be relevant yeah. to your fishing experience. And I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna talk a few spin rod tactics. I think too, you should because I actually I am not exclusively a fly angler. I oh, love fly fishing. I've just got more comfortable with a fly rod. Absolutely, but there are certain situations where I'm picking up a spin rod because when you get tucked into some of these backwater creeks mm-hmm. in the Ozarks and you don't have a, a lot of room to backcast,
0: there's no substitute for totally a little spin rod, especially if you're. Fishing out of a kayak or a canoe or something like that too, where even casting gets difficult. Yeah, you just you don't need to do it. <laughs> You're just going so. around the river in three hundred and sixty. And so, yeah. uh, so to break this down, here's what we're thinking: we'll start with the species. So we're gonna go species by species. Yep. Okay. Species by species. We'll start with trout. Uh, then we'll do the uh, the where for trout, the uh, the how, and then maybe the gear. And um, trout will be, I guess, the first one because we know trout the best. We're going to do the how and the where kind of lumped in together. Okay. The other species will just be generalized how a few of the best spots is to the where and then some of the gear needed. So Okay. that's, I think that's what we're thinking. Does that yeah. sound good?
1: Yeah. No, that sounds great. I yes. like it. So fish by fish, we'll talk through some general tactics and gear you need, mm-hmm.
0: and then we'll go to the next one. Perfect. So mm-hmm. without further ado, so this trout. is.
1: How the heck do you catch a trout and where do you find them?
0: This is fishing for trout in the spring. Learn the Ozarks, chapter one. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right. Where do you catch trout? Uh, well, the White River below Bull Shoals, the Norfolk River, the White River below Beaver, the Little Red River, and the Spring River. The uh, the thing about all these these waters is it's best to know what type of water you're going to be fishing in to determine how to fish it, especially in the spring with Kay. water runoff, generation schedules, all of that kind of stuff. So to kick us off, we'll go White River. Um, in my personal opinion, the White River below Bull Shoals is, A, the most fun place in the world to fish. B, you need a boat. <laughs> so tactic number one. You pretty much got to have a boat. Pretty much need a boat. They might be doing low flow, and you can you can manage in, uh, in waders. We see plenty of people do it. That's how we started out. Um, but if you're going to fish it in the spring, it's best, if you don't have a boat, to probably get a guide um, or rent a boat. You can rent them for pretty cheap different spots around there. Riley's yep. is one that we've done. Yeah. Riley's like outfitters 25 bucks a day for a boat where I did my bachelor party. That's right. That was fun.
1: Um, <laughs> super cool. And yeah, like the, you can basically just go get a boat and go out there by yourself if you don't have one mm-hmm. and he'll just let you use his boat for the day.
0: Yeah. So it's a, that's a good, great, great tactic out there on the white. Um, my favorite setup for the white is a, a, the classic nine foot five weight rod. A six weight rod is also good if you're throwing something a little bit heavier. You can obviously always go bigger and heavier, throw the eight weight if you're gonna do streamers, that kind of thing. Um why 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 do you need the different rods? Mm, like if why choose for, one over the other? Yeah. Oh, that's a good thought. The uh the nine foot five weight is best for small nymph patterns, dry flies, whatever whatever the hatch may be. Um not super heavy. Yeah. You're not throwing heavy line. Um the, uh, the eight weight is going to be best used for a sinking line if the water's really high and you want to go the streamer game, mm-hmm. or if you're throwing, if you're just throwing bigger patterns. Okay. Um, it's going to be hard to throw an articulated streamer out of a five weight rod. Yeah. It's just too heavy. Yeah. Um, but my favorite for the spring is the nine foot five weight. And I love doing like a double nymph rig, whatever's hatching. It's probably a bunch of emergers at this point. Mm-hmm. And so different bugs that are hatching off the, uh, hatching off the gravel the gravel bed as mm-hmm. the water warms up through the sunlight hitting it, that kind of stuff, and that's what the trout are just gorging themselves on. Um, also in the spring, as water runs off through the hills, you're going to get worms and caterpillars and whatever else, junk kind of comes through the forest yeah. floor and is spit out into the rivers, and, and the trout are just gorging themselves They're on, on all of that kind of stuff. We like some chubby trout. We do. And so, yeah, think, like, size 18 or 20, ruby uh, ruby midges, root beer midges, zebra midges, San Juan worms, eggs are good, scud, any type of scud patterns. Naturally, we love fishing the jigs. Those emulate multiple different species. I'm mm-hmm. not super sure, and I don't know if anybody can tell us exactly what they do um, th- or what they're supposed to look like.
1: Yeah, I remember... But to, they're fishy. <laughs> I, we, if we think back to the... Uh, we talked to Pam and Jim Hall, who came up with the the PJ's finesse... Uh, mm-hmm marabou jig he was talking about how you know don't really know what it emulates but just the way those uh feathers kind of like undulate under mm-hmm. the water that was the word he used it was that's a good word that's like it just totally sets them off and they're like i gotta eat that that's buggy that's buggy af uh <laughs> that's a sticker if i ever seen one. buggy <laughs> af so but the point i want to make we just named a bunch of flies right mm-hmm. if you ever don't know like Every day can be different, and Mm -hmm. and it kind of helps to, like, be in the know. If you ever don't know, just go to a fly shop. Definitely. Just ask them, like, what's working right now? Because you can go out there with, you know, a a fly box of 100 different flies and be like, gosh, I don't really want to work through every single one of these. Mm -hmm. But always, always, always ask a fly shop what's
0: going on right now. If it was me for the month of March on the white, I'd be in a boat. I would have a nine-foot, five-weight rod with a floating line. I would have a maybe an eight foot long leader, mm. um, tapered down to five x, and then five x tippet that adds another two or three feet to my leader. I put an indicator depending on flows, probably about seven eight feet high. Yeah, and then at the uh, the first tippet, I would tie on a one one twenty fifth ounce or a quarter ounce, um, either white or peach and olive jig marabou jig, and then I'd tie another piece of 5X tippet off the bend of the hook about a foot, and I would tie on a San Juan worm or a root beer midge or mm-hmm. a scud pattern or a Dally's tailwater jig, which isn't technically a jig, just I love has that. a jig hook. Those I are love great. I love that fly. And, uh, and I would get on the front of the boat, and I would cast it you know, downstream at the riffle line, let it float like crazy, and just pull in fish after fish. Oh, yeah. That's my high-level view. If I was going to the white tomorrow, that's what I'd do. Got it.
1: Love it. I love it. So there's, so
0: there's trout, and that was specifically the white. Mm-hmm. Uh, other tactics will work other places too. Yeah, we can just touch briefly on the North Fork and the Beaver Tail Water.
1: Yeah, I mean you can't you can't mention trout in the Ozarks without mentioning um, a few of the other places. You've got the North Fork, you've got um, the Beaver Tail Water, you've got the Little Red. I'm not going to go through specific tactics on each of those, um, but similar to what you said. And, and I'll reiterate again, when you're going to different places, it's never a bad idea to start with the fly shop, right? Mm-hmm. Like go ask them what's been working, what's hot right now. Um, but they're, they're each unique in their own way. The Little Red I really like. We went there after we graduated. We did like a week-long trip, mm-hmm. and we just hopped from different tailwater to different tailwater, and we traveled all around the state. Awesome time. But I was so surprised by how going from like the white one day to like, the little red and then up to the North Fork, how much it changed day to day. Like I feel like we fished a lot of scuds and sow bugs down on the little red. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's like the only thing we that's were catching worked. them on mm-hmm. that day. And then some people were throwing like soft hackles and, and stuff like that. And so my point is go to the fly shop, just ask them what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but each one of those is so unique. I love the little red because it's it's different and it's like to me, it feels a little bit more wild. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. just the feeling that I get when I'm down there. It's because
0: the trees touch at the top.
1: Yeah. Like the, in a canopy. That canopy. And it's beautiful. I, we saw some like barn owls out there and there were like some ducks flying through and there were, you know, deer on the side of the banks and stuff like
0: that. So I always like that down there. So I think we should touch on the beaver Tail Water because it is okay. in the spring at least. The Wade Fisherman's Paradise. Okay. So if you don't have a boat or don't have access to one, you're like, great. That's that's the, if that's the bar to entry, I can't I can't go fishing. Yeah. The Beaver Tail Water is special, so I'll let you explain how to catch fish out there because we've done it plenty of times. Yes. Um, but before we go there, the Beaver Tail Water. If you're going to fish it, learn how to read the generation schedule um, and go when they are not generating, and it will feel less like a tail water and more like a really long and skinny pond. Yes. Which if you're new to fly fishing or you want to take your kids, you just want an easy day on the water, you'll be catching stalker rainbows all day long. Maybe a nice brown if you get out there early enough. But you can catch a serious amount of fish in the spring on the beaver Tail water. So how would you fish it?
1: Yeah. So um, totally agree.
0: Without spot burning, how would you fish it? Yes.
1: Totally agree. (laughs) Don't want to burn spots. Um, But it is, I, I will reiterate, like I've probably taken... Just to the beaver Tail Waters, probably four or five different people who have never fly fished before just to learn and catch their first fish on a fly rod. Mm-hmm. Just last weekend, I took my buddy um, who has never fly fished before, grew up bass fishing. He's like, I just don't think I'm going to have the finesse for a fly rod. We t- I took him out there. He caught, he caught his limit of fish. I'd taken my dad out there. That's where I taught my wife how to fly fish. Same. We've taken several buddies out there and just showed them how to get on some fish actually now that i say Daniel's that he was laughing at i took <laughs> daniel out there one time to teach him and he didn't catch a single thing he may be the worst fisherman of all time <laughs> but we love you anyways dan um but yeah it's a great spot to learn so if i was going out there and the way that i've done it in the past is learn the water know the generation schedule just blatantly honest there's i know you can catch them when they're when they're generating but if you're going to wade what we've seen is when that water hits 916 mm-hmm. and you look online and you can just type in beaver lake tailwater level, mm-hmm. look it up. 916 is, I have to assume that's elevation from sea level, mm-hmm. right? Cause it's not 916 feet deep. Right. But it, when it gets to 916, you have, a that's kind of the perfect level to go out there. So go out there on days like that, read the generation. And then depending on where you're at, you know, know the depth of the water as best you can, but it, the way that we've got it done is super simple. I usually just do one fly at a time. I, mm-hmm. I really don't mess with the double nymph rig or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm usually not fishing top water. It's usually a ruby midge, a root beer midge, or one of those marabou. Um, Jigs mm-hmm. and it's what one one twenty fifth yep
0: ounce super small fishing super like tiny. six feet deep fishing like six Just feet off deep off a pulsa indicator or something like under that under
1: an indicator or a bobber as people mm-hmm. may or may not like to call
0: it <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is that's what it looks like it's um, how it functions
1: and all day long like i'm you know find find the spot where it's moving a little bit across and a little bit deep a way to tell like where the water's moving because like you said it can be still as all get out cast across the water, see where your line bends, Mm -hmm. and then fish that middle section where your line has been in the most just to get a little bit of movement to let that fly under the water kind of Mm -hmm. bounce along the rocks. But, yeah,
0: that's all I would do. And if you want to learn how to fish for trout in the spring, the beaver tail water is a great bet. And it's also – I feel like that's where I learned not to leave fish to find fish. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're not catching fish in a spot, move. Mm -hmm. But if you're catching fish – it's such a small-tail water. They're all piled up in there. Yeah. Like, they're right there. Oh, there's so, so many. You can stand in one spot once you find them and catch fish after fish after fish after fish. Yeah. It's a great spot. It's
1: a great spot. So, anyways, yeah, that's that's trout in a nutshell in the Ozarks. Um, And probably, like you said, it, it's probably one of my favorites to go after just because mm-hmm. we are so comfortable in that realm. Um, and it's easy to go catch them and take new people and and that's always fun to to get people out and take them fly fishing for the first time Mm -hmm. Um, I will say um, I want to talk conventional tackle real quick on that I love it and this is not I'm going to preface this this is not how you should catch them every time or whatever but this is this is a way that I've done it in the past and this is actually the first time I went trout fishing this is how I caught them we took a guide out there and we hooked up Shrimp, cook shrimp mm-hmm. from Walmart. Put it on a hook with a little pink trout magnet, pinky worm, and bounce it along the bottom with like a oh weight two feet up the line. Mm-hmm. Literally, you throw it out there, you float down the stream, you just pull it along in a boat, and it just bounces. Wait till you feel a tug, pull them in, and that's like if you if you don't know how to fly fish or you don't have a fly rod, like that's a super simple way to catch them. You don't even have to be in a boat; you could do it off the bank. You
0: can. Um, We've done it, and. You can catch a lot of fish doing it that way too. So your gear needed for trout, real quick: nine foot five weight rod, floating line, monofilament tapered leader, five X and six X tippet, monofilament or fluorocarbon, and then your assortment of flies. Go to a fly shop and say,
1: "What is cooking?"
0: And What's they'll, cooking? they'll hook
1: you up. What's cooking, good looking? <laughs> they might look at you weird if you say I that. I hope they don't say that at the fly shop. All right, we killed trout. Let's let's move let's move to the next one. What else? Uh, white bass. Should we do that? That's Let's, always a heavy hitter. Yeah, in this area in the spring. Got, got. To, you can't talk spring fishing without
0: talking white bass, which I learned recently is also called a sand bass, aka sand bass. If you're weird and from not Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's <laughs> gonna burn our, our Missouri friends. No, Oklahoma friends. Oklahoma, Donovan. Is that who he, it was he? Calls him. That was how we learned was. What's he he was saying bass? sand bass, and we're like,
1: "What is the What sand is bass? that?" But we looked, googled it, up. it.
0: It's a white bass. It's
1: just a slang. It's like a slang term.
0: I'm excited to go fishing with him. Yeah, man. I need him to teach me how to seriously catch these fish. He's gonna, he's gonna be mad at you for, <laughs> Donovan. I'm so sorry, <laughs> <laughs> calling it a white bass. So how do you catch them? And 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 why do you catch them in the spring? You catch them in the spring uh, because they come out of the lake and to spawn in the shallower and warmer rivers um, all throughout the Ozarks. How to catch them? Uh, That's a good question. We have not been the luckiest when it comes to catching them. We've caught a few. We have tried really hard. Yeah, and I feel like we just miss it on the timing. Like, yeah, and I could. It could be just the old timers talking, but I feel like I grew up always hearing like, "Are the white bass running yet?" And it's like, "Oh, just another week," and then you wait, and it's like, "Oh, we missed them." Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how true that is. Yeah. Um. And it, it could be that they used to be just thick as thieves in these rivers and so it was easy to see them running and now maybe they thinned out because of the introduction of walleye and, and that kind of stuff but um you you go i mean i go to the, the twin bridges like in goshen yeah that's the spot that's yeah. what everybody talks about millwood lake's another good one or creek's a good one um some those are those are all good spots to go for them obviously the illinois river is mm-hmm. good for them um I think minnows are the name of the game when it comes to the white bass. Yeah. And so they are, they are looking to spawn, but they also need to eat. And so I've been known to catch them on small clouser patterns and in, in white, uh, marabou jigs as well off a floating line stripped through like a streamer. Um, you can drift, you can drift big flies underneath an indicator through some of the deep holes for these, uh, these white bass, and, um, I think, I think you can wade into the river or use a boat to get up into the deeper runs or where there may be less people on the White or the War Eagle Creeks. And um, obviously, if you're going to be fishing a lake, you probably want to find a boat. But yeah. I think any way that you would use to catch or any tactics you'd use to catch a smallmouth or a largemouth, could probably pare it down to be a little bit smaller and catch a white bass. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm excited. I, I'm excited to get out there and, and try it. A little bit more this spring. I have not historically had a lot of success fishing white bass. Like like you said, timing has been tricky. Mm-hmm. You get out there, you know. I'm a I am very much a weekend warrior. I work during the week, and so my time is on the weekends. And if they're not hitting that day, then sometimes you're just out of luck. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to to explore a little bit more. We're going fishing with Donovan, um, and hopefully we can kind of figure it out a little bit more. But yeah, that's one that I like. I would love to. Be like, yeah, I know how to catch white bass, mm-hmm. but I'm
0: not going to lie to you guys and say that I do right now. I feel like Steve Dally has a story. It may have been our first episode with him of coming up to Twin Bridges and learning some of the Arkansas waters by catching white bass. Yeah. And it was years ago when they were maybe thicker and, and more of them, but am I remembering that correctly? Or am I, I, I feel like that he had something like that. <laughs> I think he did. One way to know would be go back and listen yeah, to Steve and Dally's episode. do the same, <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure we're not lying to you guys. Um... Okay, white bass, check. Are we good there? I think so. I wish we had more. But we're learning too. TBD. So that's, yeah, learn the Ozarks. That also applies to us. Yep. What's um, next for us, Kyle? So let's do
1: walleye. Okay. Let's talk walleye because um, super cool fish. Mm-hmm. They taste amazing. And they're creepy looking. They're creepy looking. They look like a prehistoric fish. Um, super weird. But they're... Big. They grow, like, mm-hmm. long and skinny, so they're super cool to catch. Um, they're not the hardest fighting fish. They they fight hard initially, mm-hmm. and then they kind of give up really quick. Like, you're just pulling up a lot of weight. Um, it feels like
0: you're catching a wet towel.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Dan, Dan Roberts said wet sock or yeah, something like sock. that. It's like oh man, I got something. You think you're snagged and then it's like, oh
0: nope, that's wait, a fish. that's a fish.
1: <laughs> um, but man, what a unique fish. Super cool. We kind of lucked into these a couple years ago. We were actually, mm-hmm. speaking of white bass, we were out there trying to catch white bass. Ended up catching a
0: whole mets of walleye. Yeah, we were like, oh my gosh.
1: And so we were on the White River um, mm-hmm. feeding into Beaver Lake and I was out there catching them on a clouser mm-hmm. and it was a, a beat up old clouser too. It mm-hmm. was one that I think used to be olive and white and a lot of the olive had fallen off and so it's so a small little, I don't know, size four hook maybe, size mm-hmm. six hook. Um, and, yeah, just kind of sparsely um, tied with some some white deer hair. And I was just throwing it out there, kind of letting it drift, and then kind of sit at the end of my drift for a little bit in like a deep hole. Mm-hmm. And right at the end of that, when I if
0: I, once I'd let it sit, I'd feel a little tug. I'd pull up and, I mean, we were pulling them in left and right. You mentioned the White River above Beaver Lake. Yep. Not below, so not the tailwater. Not the tailwater, right where it pours into the mm-hmm. Lake. So yeah, White River at Twin Bridges is another great spot. You can probably target both species if you want to want to make your way down there. The uh- and I've never fished above like, um, really, I, I've never fished
1: above any of the other lakes in the Ozarks. Um, but I have to imagine that they're doing the same thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you were to go up into Missouri into like above Table Rock, I know they're catching them up there right now. Um seen pictures from some different people I follow on Instagram, but anywhere that they're going to be spawning and moving up into mm-hmm. the channels, that's where you're going to like, you're going to find them there.
0: Yeah. I feel like they chase the white bass cause they eat their, eat their eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Or didn't maybe John Stein lead the white bass. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, as far as how to catch them, we always tie a non-slip loop knot, um, which is a fancy way of saying there's a loop <laughs> that meets the fly in the line. Yeah. So it just has more action through the water. um, I like fishing a size 2 uh, lefty's lefties deceiver, and it's traditionally a saltwater fly. Um, but if you get a white one with, like, a red throat, I, I imagine it's mimicking a shad pattern or something mm. like that that is that is in the water at the time. Um, somebody who knows a lot more about what the fish are doing this time of year would know exactly why they're eating that. But that number 2 hook, white lefty's deceiver with some red or some sparkle, whatever you can find on it, is uh it just mimics a white minnow and uh the white bass they eat them and then the walleye they definitely in them and it could be mimicking a small white bass like that's also what they're eating mm. um but I like the lefty's receiver. it's heavy enough to get get into the deeper pockets that kind of thing um and the pattern is long enough like there's enough feather into your hair that it doesn't it doesn't allow allow the fly to get just chomped up mm-hmm. because yeah. they have teeth. Yeah and so you can fish it for more than one walleye, right? Which some other patterns, they just get destroyed. <laughs> they get eaten yeah. up. So. Yeah,
1: like that cluster I was talking about, mm-hmm.
0: just totally got tore up. But it, I was still catching. it. Like, yeah, you know what they I mean. Loved it. I was like, it didn't seem to throw them off too much. And uh, we we traditionally cast our fly upstream with an eight weight rod, like ten foot intermediate sink. Excuse me, intermediate sink line, um, just to get your depth down a little bit, and then we kind of let it swing through the water or through those deep pockets and strip it back to us. Um, and then it's just a hook set, like a strip hook set. Yeah. And uh, they eat them, so Boom. it's fun. And then we eat them. And we eat them. Mm. And don't forget about the cheek. Eat the cheek. Eat the cheek. Hashtag eat the cheek. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one thing on the walleye. Um, you're going to need some some thicker leaders or some thicker tippet. Mm. Don't go throw a five x tippet at a walleye. Yes, he will munch through it very yeah, yeah. quickly. Munch, munch, so munch, munch, munch. I'll go get some saltwater line or even some like ten pound line off a spinning reel. Beautiful. <laughs> Just tie it on a tippet. Yeah, it's as easy as that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Okay, what's next? Let's talk bluegill, 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 and crappie. I'd say maybe bluegill paired with some. Red ear, some mm-hmm. longear sunfish, mm-hmm. green sunfish, kind of anything within that like creek, pond, you know, brim type panfish. Okay, anything in that I think is a good place to to start. Um, these suckers are everywhere, right? Like, yeah,
0: <laughs> literally it, everywhere. <laughs> literally, you
1: you can go pretty much in any any little backwater creek, back channel creek, or pond, and and find. One of these types of species and they're so fun to catch mm-hmm. and it's again it's another great way to get someone who's never fly fished or or thrown top water or anything to to catch these um it's a great way to get them into it um i love these fish they're the the long year especially the colors that they have on them they're so unique they almost look like they're from like the tropics of like the caribbean and uh it's a great fish to catch um you're gonna find these Literally anywhere. I mean, we wrote down a list of all these different places you can catch them, but to even go through it, it's like twenty. 20- <laughs> we
0: end with almost any pond or creek you can yeah, find. Yeah. <laughs> so just like
1: just know that any warm water creek, these are going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the best way that I I like going out there is um, a fly rod, poppers, poppers, top water, any, any grasshoppers, small like small little uh, hopper patterns, mm-hmm. ant patterns, anything like that. That you're gonna throw out there, sit on top of the water, and just let it sit there. They're gonna come up and they're gonna smash mm-hmm. it as hard as they can, even if they're tiny. You're gonna catch some some fish on this thing mm-hmm. because they're just they're feisty, they're fun to catch, and uh, it's a it's a great springtime fish. It
0: feels like cheating, but you can also go to Walmart or any fly shop or not even fly shop, just fishing store, and get like a crappie jig, mm-hmm. and then. Take your boat out to Lake Fayetteville or to Lake Springdale or one of these little lakes that has crappie over brush. Yep. Find a nest of them, drop it in front of them, pull in crappie after crappie after crappie. They're fun, They're man. so fun. They are so fun. Yeah. Easiest so, fish in the Ozarks to catch. Probably so. Be the, the, blue, the bluegill, the long-eared sunfish, all those, all those types of species. Yeah. They're awesome.
1: Yeah. They're going to be hanging around docks. They're going to be hanging around sunken debris. You can see them because they like the sun. Trees, yeah. On a really clear sunny day, you can mm-hmm. see them through the water. Um So we actually, we did a video on YouTube, on our old YouTube of going to buy like a Walmart rod and it was like a $40 Ozark Trail Walmart rod. Mm -hmm. And then we bought like the $5 Walmart Topwater cork poppers Mm -hmm. and we went out there and we caught a bunch of them. Like just to prove that you don't have to spend, you know, 150 bucks, 200 bucks to like go catch fish on a fly rod.
0: It's just, you can do it super cheap and, Mm -hmm. and still have a good time. Yeah. And they're fun. They're aggressive. I think your gear needed is your nine foot five weight, if you have one. Uh, some tippet, a little bit of split shot, if you uh, if you want to sink your flies faster. Strike indicator if you're doing a crappie jig or a marabou jig or something like that, and then any tiny little popper, ant pattern, or uh, grasshopper pattern, or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next. Uh, next is the largemouth. Think when many people think about fishing, maybe in Arkansas, not specifically the Ozarks, but at least Southern Arkansas, they're thinking the largemouth bass. And this is a really, really fun fish to catch on a fly rod um, or any conventional tackle. I mean, if you grew up fishing in the area, you probably know how to catch a largemouth yeah. on, on a spinning rod with a topwater spinner or a crankbait or a worm mm-hmm. and a bobber. Yeah. Like you can just catch these fish. And so... Um, any of the lakes around here, like Washtenaw, Millwood, Goose Ferry, is good. Beaver is difficult because it's deep, but you can definitely catch them if you find some of the banks that are a little bit shallower. Uh, Lake Norfolk, Table Rock Lake, all the creeks. Oh yeah, anything legal, yep. golf course ponds, they're they're there. They're pretty much <laughs> they're everywhere. pretty too. much everywhere. Um, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna catch them, I think uh, I think I, I, I well I remember that they like to blow up on bait. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean you can present a sloppy fly. Sometimes you can, they don't care. Mm-hmm. They're just, they'll eat pretty much anything. But, um, I, uh, I look for shadowed areas behind cover, sticking out from a log, something like that. I will cast a floating line, just letting it sink two or three feet deep with a, a heavy streamer on the back end. And, uh, I'm throwing little minnow patterns, clousers, that kind of stuff, stripping it back to me. Um, different strip patterns. You go fast, slow, whatever you find the fish are going to work work towards. Yeah. Then as soon as you find it, you don't change it. So if really slow is working that day, you do the same thing for every other spot. If really fast and aggressive is working that day, um, you you do the same thing. So I think some of the largemouth, they love a really fast, aggressive fly and they want to chase it. And you'll even see them like chase it to you and then maybe veer away at the last minute because they see you standing in the water yeah. or on a boat or something like that. Um, some love a really dead you know, sickly looking uh, streamer pattern in the water. And uh, just kind of depending on what the weather's doing, cloud cover, all of that kind of stuff. And so it's kind of a, you just kind of poke around. Poke around. Poke around, see what's working. Mess
1: around, see what happens. It's a a fun fish to catch. I mean, everybody knows largemouth. Like, they just fight hard. They're fun to catch. It's an awesome sport Mm -hmm. fish. Probably, like, the most iconic game fish in the state of Arkansas. That and... Probably the
0: smallmouth, mm-hmm. um, which is next on the list. It is. So you want to send us send us out with the smallies? Yes.
1: So the smallmouths. We love the smallmouth. Most people who who spend any bit of time fishing in the Ozarks, they chase these creatures because they're awesome. Because they're awesome. They are. You know, in some in some circles, they are a symbol of the Ozarks. They're highly regarded. Most a lot of people who chase these are like catch and release. Only on small. Which mouth. I would
0: I would say do that.
1: Yeah, which is definitely you know you're never gonna go wrong. Um, they're just a super cool fish. They fight hard. Um, again, they are in a lot of places. Um, some of the some of the you know areas where people find them the most are you know Crooked Creek, the Buffalo River, the Kings River, the Illinois. Lots of different little spring creeks. I mean, you can even there's some running through north Arkansas. Mm-hmm. The creeks. Kings River is phenomenal. Yep. Um, that you can find them in. There, there are a lot of places, um, and usually, what, what's kind of cool about these fish is usually they're in really, really pretty places. Mm-hmm. Like if you're looking for kind of that scenic, like oh, I'm out in the woods, and you know I found this new spot, and there's this little creek, you're gonna find some smallmouth there. Mm-hmm. And they're around chunk rock in the water. They kind of they they tend to stay near where they can have some cover, mm-hmm. um, hide around some big chunk rock and, and shade and stuff like that you're going to find them up against, like up under logs and stuff like that. So um, awesome fish. If I'm going out there, I'm usually in the spring, the way that at least we've caught them, and I'm, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm not a smallmouth guide, I'm not a pro on this, but the way that we have caught them in these little backwater kind of spring creeks has been on articulated flies. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I've done it is I fish usually at like a bo- the bottom of a riffle. Mm-hmm. So I'll throw it into the riffle. I'll let my my fly swing down and somewhere in there, kind of towards the end of that, once that articulated fly kind of kicks and turns its tail and starts to like pull on the line, mm-hmm. that's usually where I catch them. Mm-hmm. And they just, they bite on and they fight hard. And uh, three years ago, maybe two years ago, I caught one that was just like huge. Huge. It was, I think it was like 18 or 19 inches in this back little spring creek that just was flowing through with this little cow farm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we should throw that up on the Instagram. It was awesome. Yeah, we should put that on the Instagram. Um, but yeah, you, you, they're just a super fun fish. Um, lots of different ways to catch them. I know some people do top water for those. Mm-hmm. It just kind of depends. Um, you can throw crawdads for them. Um, Helgramites, they love Helgramites. Um, we were just talking with Donovan. He's big on bait fish over mm-hmm. on the Illinois. Know your river. Know what's going on, what they're eating.
0: Um, and... You can't go wrong catching smallmouth. Yeah, we've mouth. we've interviewed plenty of guys who are like smallmouth guys. Yeah. And they, I mean, they can really teach you how to catch the smallies. Yeah. We, uh, Tad Four. His is great. Um, Dwayne Hada. Dwayne Hada. He talks to smallies. Donovan Clary. we um, Great episodes. I think anything that you can learn from them is going to help you catch smallmouth. If you want to go the lazy route, I've been known to put an articulated streamer under an indicator. Yeah. <laughs> and drift them like a trout. There you go. And they'll eat them. Yeah, they And will. it's awesome.
1: Yes. And then one last thing on that. So another way to catch these not on a fly rod is put on a worm. Mm-hmm. Take a spin rod out there, put on a worm. Um, like I said at the beginning of this episode, sometimes you get in some situations where it's a small creek, you're in the bushes, you don't have a lot of room to back cast. And I would I would take a spin rod out there, and I usually do like a wacky rig, black rubber worm, and mm-hmm. I throw it out there into these little holes. I just work my the way across um, I'm I'm waiting. I love wet waiting without waiters. You're just in the mm-hmm. warm water. And I've been out where I've had days where I'm catching like ten smallmouth in an hour mm-hmm. and I'm just pulling them in left and right. The wacky
0: rig worm dropped into a deep hole is like almost a guarantee. Oh, and it's so <laughs> simple. It's, just, it's so simple. It's easy to do. They also have those PB and J worms. They're like the purple and purple and brown. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That yeah. would make sense. It's the color. Yeah. You know, purple <laughs> You and can put those on a, peanut butter. on a big jig head. Um and, and kind of swim them through some riffles and stuff like that. And and smallmouth, especially in the Kings, will just blow up on those things. Mm-hmm. We did a, uh, I think we did a Father's Day trip a few years ago with my dad, and we were in kayaks, and that's all we did was the PB&J worm on the uh, on the jig head. So it's got a weighted head. So when it swims, you know, it dives and yeah. and looks like, I guess, a swimming worm or a yeah, floating Yeah, just worm kind of popping it every now and then. kind of popping it. And, uh, yeah, it's an easy way to catch smallmouth. You can, you can get, in, get into some big fish that way.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a great time. Okay, so we went through, and this is this is not an exhaustive list. This is not an exhaustive list. Not even close. Of everything you can catch or every way to catch them. And again, we're not trying to come across as we're the experts on any of this stuff. We're just telling you how we have caught them in the past and how we like to do it. Um, but now it's y'all's turn. So the challenge for the month is um, we want to see how you guys catch them. Not where, but we're not trying to get y'all spots or anything like that. But we just want to see if you
0: want to share it, we'll take it. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, if you want
1: to tell us, but we want to see y'all y'all catching these fish. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went through a list and ca- talked through like how we like to do it. But y'all, the challenge is for the month for the month of March. Whoever sends us the most species of mm. different fish that they have caught will win the challenge. Which is a lot of cloud, right? <laughs> Which may or may not be a big deal, but what we were thinking, and and again, we're we're this is this is a new idea, so we're we're playing with it, and we'll we'll evolve as we kind of do mm-hmm. this a little bit more. But um, we're thinking if you win, so send it to us on Instagram. Just send the pictures as you kind of catch these different species. Whoever catches the most by the end of March, so you have to send us something by March thirty first on Instagram. Or if you don't have Instagram, you can Facebook or Heck, you could email us. I don't care. Send us <laughs> pictures of your fish and we'll probably, we're going to do like a shout out on the podcast. We'll say who won. We'll post your fish pictures on the Instagram. Once we get to, once we get a little bit more along, um, we'll, we're going to have some like prizes to do with stuff like this. Um, but we're going to test the water, see how it goes. And it's a good fish pun. Oh. Test the water. Test the waters. <laughs> that's good. I didn't mean to do that. But yeah. So hopefully that's a way for you guys to like get out there and show us like oh you guys didn't even talk about this like
0: I catch them doing this and and this is the best way to do it by far. Well and hopefully we don't need a challenge to get people outside to learn the Ozarks. Right. But if this is the little extra push you need, yeah. I I don't I think the best way to learn the area that we love so much is to go be in it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know maybe you listen to us on your drive out there, but after that like just go go be outside. Yeah, man. It's good for you. Yeah. Go try to catch some fish. Enjoy the warmer weather that's headed our way, the longer days, all of that kind of stuff. And um, if you happen to catch a bunch of fish, send it our way. We'd love to see it. Yeah. I'd love to hear s- how you did it.
1: I want to see the fish. I would love to see, like, send me, send me like, a really pretty long ear sunfish. Mm-hmm. Let me see those colors. You know what I mean? Like, just get out there, get after it, and we will see who wins. I'm for it.
0: Let's do it. Man. We got to come up with some cool prizes, though. We do. After this test run.
1: We'll work on that. So so our promise to you is we'll work on, on coming up with some better prizes, try to increase the clout a little bit more, mm-hmm. and make it to where, like, um, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to get after it. I'm going to catch 10 species. Because I might win a sage rod. Because I might win a sage rod. I hope that go on happens. Going straight to the top. <laughs> straight to the big, That's a big, the big prize. boys. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, there it is. Learn the Ozarks. Part one. Sweet. Any uh, any closing thoughts? No man, I love it I think uh, we'll we'll continue to to test the test the waters again <laughs> on this um, and y'all let us know what y'all think about this format. We'll do some different stuff in the future and, and try to touch on some different topic, mm-hmm. topics um,
0: and yeah, we'll just continue to figure it out. I think it sounds like a lot of fun. I love hearing from other people, but I think you know every now and then doing a deep dive into something as far as history or tactics or whatever is going to be just a really fun way to talk about talk about the Ozarks. So, I mean, we are the Ozark podcast, so it makes sense. Yeah. We're going to we're <laughs> going to have to talk
1: about the Ozarks. Absolutely. All right. If you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure you let us know, um, share it with a buddy, leave us a nice rating or review. We'd appreciate it and we'll see you next time. This podcast is hosted by Kyle V and Kyle Plunkett and produced by Daniel Matthews. For guest recommendations, episode ideas, and general questions, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or email us at theozarkpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, we love making this show and being able to offer this podcast to y'all for free. But if you're listening and you want to support the Ozark Podcast to allow us to travel even further and meet more interesting people, head over to our Patreon and sign up to join our most loyal listeners. Let me tell you. These folks are 100% certified Ozarkans. And, of course, we can't forget to thank our good buddy, J.D. Clayton, for providing the amazing music for today's episode. Check out his website to see where he's touring next at jdclaytonofficial.com. Now, sit back and enjoy his song, American Millionaire.
2: Well, I'm on the road. You know I'll be an American millionaire